If you have an online business, you're creating content. And the way you create content is more important than ever. It's really noisy out there and learning to stand out is the only way. Hey, I'm Lindsay and I'm the host of the Content Magic Podcast, all about being an entrepreneur and creating kick-ass content to market yourself and your business. I have a not-so-secret superpower for copywriting, marketing, and content, and I've helped hundreds of folks just like you show up with a ton of confidence in the online space. I've been doing this content thing for 20 years, and I believe the real magic is a combo of intuition, creativity, and strategy. You can create content for your business without losing your mind, I promise. So tune in every week for tangible content tips, inspiring guests, and some real spicy opinions. Probably mine. Ready to dive in? Let's go. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. It's me. It's me, Lindsay. Um, So something I've been thinking about a lot is most of us get into entrepreneurship because we've had a certain amount of experience in a full-time job or in a corporate job. And if you listen to my first episode, you know that it's no different for me. I worked in as a journalist and I worked in advertising for a very long time. And advertising is an interesting industry. Like many corporate jobs, even the government, there's a lot of politics and there's like favoritism and you know, it's a bit of a popularity contest. So the popular kids get all the good fun projects. And it's also a very insular community. So there's like award shows in advertising that nobody outside the industry really cares about. So I just was thinking about some of the things that made me me during my time in advertising and how those things were frowned upon. And now, as an entrepreneur, those are the things that actually work in my favor. So let's dive into those. So the biggest one, I was in a meeting once with a bunch of other creative types. So when you're a copywriter, you're called a creative, or if you're an art director, you're called a creative. And then there's the other side, which is client services. So those are the people who are more client-facing, um, they deal with budgets, they deal with like creative briefs. So the, the client services people will get something from a, from a client being like, listen, these, this is the, you know, this is the thing we need to advertise or whatever this event, for example, these are the numbers we need to hit. We, this is the, the media we bought, you know, like it's a billboard, it's a TV spot, it's a radio spot, whatever it is. And then the client people brief us creative types and be like, listen, this is the project. This is what we need. Come up with a bunch of ideas. So essentially that was my job coming up with ideas. And (laughs) so I was in this meeting with a bunch of other creative types, some client services types, some VPs, whatever. I forget what we were working on. Maybe Cirque du Soleil. I forget. Anyways, something about me is that all of my emotions are very obvious on my face. I make a lot of facial expressions and not even my emotions, probably just like my thoughts, like, eh? like I'll make a face and I don't notice that I'm doing it. So in this meeting, I guess I was making faces <laughs> and one of the VPs called me aside. And he's like, Lindsay, 
you have to not, like, you can't make those faces. Like, all of your thoughts are very obvious on your face, and you can't do that. Like, you can't do that in front of all of these really fancy people. And I was like, but that's just my face. So I was kind of told that that was a no-no. And, you know, you can't really control your face. And I don't even know what I was doing. Moving my eyebrows, I don't know. I just, I don't know what I was doing. So now that I run my own business, it's something that is celebrated because it means that I'm very transparent, right? And I will tell you exactly what I think. Um, And this usually comes in the form of when clients come to me and they have like a fear of showing up or, you know, they need help writing an email and they're like, I'm too scared to send it. I don't know why I don't want to send this. I don't, I don't think it's written well. I'll be like, what are you talking about? This is amazing. And I'll, that will come across on my face. And, you know, if I'm working with someone through the fear of showing up online, I'll be like, listen, you know, this is, you have this, this, and this, and this going for you. What are you afraid of? You know, and usually for the most part, people are afraid of like what people are going to think. So we work through that. So more often than not, my facial expressions make me more relatable because it's obvious that I'm not a robot and everything I'm thinking and feeling is very obvious. So it's very much like what you see is what you get. Like I can't, I don't know, I'm not business Lindsay and at home Lindsay. It's all the same Lindsay. So it's the same. So I think my clients get a certain amount of confidence from that because they know exactly who they're working with. The way I show up online and the way I show up for my clients is exactly the same. Number two. So like I said, you know, working full time. So I worked in like an idea business. So even when I was working as a journalist, like you have to come show up at the story meeting every day with a bunch of ideas and being like, okay, this, you know, this happened. Here's how I'm going to follow up on it. Da, 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 da. Or you make up an idea or whatever, right? So they're obviously in journalism, there has to be some truth to it, but still there's like a pressure to come up with these ideas that you have to report on for the day. And when I worked in advertising, it was the same thing. Like I explained, you get this creative brief and like you have to come up with a bunch of different ideas for whatever the ad was that you were working on. So let's say it's like, you know, let's say you're working on a billboard, for example, it would have to be fairly simple. It would have to be an image, a really cool headline. So this could take several days, right? And then there was like an approval process. So on the creative side, there was someone called a creative director. So you'd have to bring all your ideas to that creative director. And then eventually you present all the, the best, you know, and that creative director would be like, okay, this is good. This is good. This isn't good. And then we'd have to present it to the client services team and they would be like, okay, this works, this works, this doesn't. And then eventually you'd present it to the client. So during this process, and not just me, many people were often told like, no, that's not good. No, it's not a good idea. No, that idea is dumb. So your ideas are often just, you're just told, no, you have to start over. That's not good. Um, Especially if you're working on a pitch. So, you know, Agencies have to pitch their business, like usually, I don't know. So let's say it's like an airline or something and the airline's like, hey, we're looking for a new agency. Um, You know, you can pitch for the business this day, this day, this day, whatever. So when you're pitching, 
it's like a huge long process because obviously the agency wants to present the best ideas, the best strategies, the best everything. So that's even, there's even more pressure. So that is like a monster of a creative process. And so in those cases, because there's a ton of pressure, you're often told that's not a good idea. That's not going to work. Um, so you're told that again and again and again, right? Whereas now in entrepreneur life, you, there's like a certain amount of intuition because it's your own thing. It's my own brand. It's my own, like Lindsay Smith creative is, is me. So no idea is dumb really. And you can kind of, you know, if you listen to my episode with Amy, we talked a lot about community and building community and having that community. So now I get this like incredible community of other entrepreneurs and we kind of just get to like bounce ideas. And, but we never tell each other that's a stupid idea or that's not going to work. We kind of just guide each other through trying to figure it out on our own. So it's different when you're working on your own stuff versus when you're working on someone else's brand. And these were big brands I'm working on, right? Like Adidas and Dell Computers and uh, Red Bull and like L'Oreal, like they're big names. So it's it's a lot different. So I, I like I can do whatever I want. Like everything I'm, <laughs> all of my ideas just come out of thin air. And I'm like, cool, that would be a cool masterclass idea. Or, oh, this is a content idea. Or, oh yeah, that, that would be a great email. Oh yeah, that would be a good email sequence. Oh, I have an idea for a course. So it's all my own ideas. And it's really about just trusting yourself to follow through on them. And I'm not, you know, yeah, for sure. Like we all have our doubts and sometimes I talk myself out of things, but you kind of know, you have like an inner knowing of like what's right and what feels aligned. And you know, what is just a random thought and what is something that you're like, okay, I feel really excited about this. I'm going to follow through and I'm going to make it happen. And then the third thing that um, was not super celebrated when I worked full time, especially in advertising, was sort of pushing back. When I saw something that wasn't right or, you know, and again, right? Like it's, you're, you your job is to come up with a bunch of ideas and present them to this, these various committees of people. And sometimes I would push back and be like, mm, that doesn't like, I'm not sure about this strategy. Like, can we talk to the client about this? Or, you know, like, are you sure this is the right way to go? Like, so those instincts were sort of shoved down and, you know, not, not to anyone's discredit. It's just kind of like when you're working for these massive brands or like a machine, so any kind of pushback, I was just told like, nope, just stay in line and do what you're told kind of thing. And now, <laughs> again, right? Like I, I can, I can, I can push back and be like, especially when it comes to things that are not aligned. Sometimes it's a client. Sometimes it's something someone else told me to do. You know, someone told me once, a way, a certain way to do outbound marketing. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. You know, and I did it for like a month and I was like, this feels not good. 
So I just stopped doing it because I was like, I don't, this doesn't feel aligned with me. But when you work full time, you can't, you don't have that. You don't have that luxury being like, this doesn't feel aligned with me. Thanks. Bye. I don't want to do this project. Like you just have to do the project. And another thing that we don't really talk about in entrepreneurship is that so many of us and so many of you either have a part-time job or you work full-time and this entrepreneur thing is on the side. And there's like, I think there's this weird pressure that you have to make your own business work so you can quit everything else. But I'm not sure that's the truth. One, I'm sure many of you really like your full-time job. And two, I don't think there's any shame in like having a part-time job and doing this other thing. I don't, so I don't know why there's this strange pressure of like, if you're like, it's, if you don't, if you're not all in on your, your entrepreneurial gig, then you're not serious. I don't really believe that. And I think, you know, here in Canada anyway, like if you have a full-time job, you probably have health insurance. Some people have a pension. So like those are real grown-up things that we don't want to just like scrap. And also we hear this all the time, multiple streams of income, multiple streams of income, blah, 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 blah. So that, I think that counts having a a part-time job or you're working full-time and you're doing this in the evenings on the weekends or whatever, right? So I just want anybody who has a part-time job or works full-time and they're doing this entrepreneur thing on the side, I just want you to know that there's no rules about it. I've worked on and off at an independent toy store over the years of me when I started freelancing, when I started, when I only had copywriting clients, um, like I've done it on and off because one, having a reason to like put pants on and go outside of the house and maybe put mascara on was pretty exciting Two, being around other people and like talking to customers was kind of exciting. And also the street where this toy store is, they had really good restaurants. So I got really excited for my like half hour lunch break to go get something really delicious. So, um, so that's the thing, right? Like there's no, there's no one way to do this. And I think, you know, whoever is telling you that if you're not only doing your running your business, that it it's a failure or whatever, I think you tell those people to just shut up. So I'd love to hear from you if, you know, you did have a corporate career and you have moved to entrepreneurship full time. I'd love to hear from you. Like, what are some of the things that you were kind of shat on in your full-time job and um, are now something you celebrate? So that's it for me for this one, guys. And um, we'll see you next time. Toodaloo. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or share this episode on social media. And don't forget to tag me on Instagram at lindsaysmithcreative. And if you do all three, I'll be your best friend forever and invite you to all my birthday parties. That's it for today, and I'll see you next time.